Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied on each one of you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. The young scribe sat closely, as close as he could get to the great apostle, penning every word that fell from the master's lips. The master looked far away for a moment, thinking about that day many years before. The, pen, the scribe kept writing as the apostle dictated. We hear some of those words that he wrote that day. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and a voice was born from him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. The apostle paused for a few moments and the scribe laid down his pen. Simon, sir, where have you gone? Where is your mind taking you now? Oh, my apologies, said Peter. I was back on the mountain on that day. That must have been wonderful, said the scribe. Can you tell me about it? The apostle looked away once again as, he, as if he was back there living that day, the day he walked with his Lord in the highlands above Galilee. Jesus asked James and John and me to go with him up on the mountain to be alone for a while. He'd asked us to do this so many times, it wasn't something new. He wanted to be alone, he wanted to pray. So we went with him on top of the mountain. And suddenly his, his appearance was changed. His, his face beamed with a brightness I've never seen and his clothes were, were dazzling white. And suddenly there appeared two men. It was Moses himself and the great prophet Elijah. They greeted him like old friends. And then they talked quietly but earnestly together. Jesus knew them, and they knew him. Did you believe it? James, John, and I were awestruck. He had invited us into his world. We were there before the majesty of God, flanked by the two greatest prophets our people had ever known. And these two men had spent days with him on the great mountain years before. They had stood with God face to face, and now we were with them on the mountain. I was filled with, with fear and excitement all at the same time, and, and I blurted out, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you want, I will make you three tabernacles, one for you and one for Moses and, and one for Elijah. It made sense to me at the time, but later I realized I didn't have, I didn't know what I was talking about. 
And then this cloud covered all of us, this bright, bright cloud. And a voice out of the cloud said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. It was too much. The cloud, the voice, the bright light, it was Sinai all over again. I thought I would die. We fell on our faces and trembled like leaves in the wind. No sinful eyes were meant to see what we were seeing, so we buried our faces in the dirt. I thought I would die from fright when suddenly he touched my shoulder. It was the Lord. Get up, he commanded quietly. Don't be afraid. We got up and it was just him, his ordinary him. The voices, the cloud, Moses, Elijah, all gone. Wow, said the scribe. That must have been something. It was, said Peter. It was incredible. Wow, I sure wish that Jesus would do something like that for us. Wouldn't that be something? Yes, it would be. Even though I was scared out of my wits after it was over, I felt pretty good about the whole thing, actually. Who's ever sat with God and lived to talk about it? And here we were coming down the mountain with him, and we saw Moses and Elijah too. I couldn't wait to tell my friends back there what I had seen and heard. This was a story they'd hardly believe. And you know, I think Jesus read my mind because, because he said, don't say a word to anybody, not a soul, until I'm raised from the dead. Why do you think he said that, the scribe asked. Well, I think he knew I didn't understand. I didn't understand what it was really all about, and I would have wanted to tell everybody I knew about the great miracle I saw on the mountain, the great vision, and then everybody else would, would want to see it too. They'd want a miracle, or, or they would want some great vision like what we had, and that would do them no good. Why, why not, said the scribe? What would be wrong with that? Well, you see, if I, if I told them about what I saw and, and that's what they would want, then that's all they would want. See, many people clamored for Jesus to do signs and wonders all the time, but they didn't really want to follow him. They, they didn't understand why he came. They didn't want him for why he came. I was like that. Well, what changed, Simon? What made you different? Well, I think the first thing was that voice. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. You see, I, I wasn't listening very well at all. Just days before, he had told us that he had to go to Jerusalem 
but he had to suffer at the hands of, of the scribes and the high priests and, and the elders and that they would kill him and that he'd rise from the dead. That didn't settle with me at all. I took him aside. I scolded him. I said, nothing like this should ever happen to you. I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine that anyone would dare attack the God, of, the God Almighty or, or his beloved son. And when we were coming down from the mountain, after we saw his glory and his power, I was sure this made no sense. Why would anyone want to harm him? I just didn't understand. I couldn't understand until after he was raised from the dead. And I've got to tell you, that night, that Easter evening, when he was with us in the upper room and I saw his face then, it was more thrilling to me than, than that vision on the great mountain. You see, James, John, and I were again in the upper room with some of the other disciples. We were frightened out of our wits. They had just crucified the Lord. And we were thinking they were coming after us too. And then he appeared. And the same words he spoke to us when we were so terrified on the mountain, he spoke to us again. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We had been afraid, but worse than that, I was broken. I, Simon, was the one who said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I, Simon, saw his glory on the mountain. I am eyewitness to his majesty. I, Simon, in my pride said, If they all leave you, I won't. I will never run away from you, even if I have to die. And yet I did run. I left him behind. And when someone asked him if I knew him, I choked. I swore I'd never met him before. What good was the vision on the mountain then? I denied that I'd ever met him. But after his resurrection, it began to make sense. It was the other mountain, not the mountain of transfiguration, but the mountain of crucifixion that meant so much. John was an eyewitness to his majesty on that mountain. I wasn't there because I was so ashamed. I denied him. I, I couldn't face him even when he hung on a cross, but, but John was there. John saw his majesty, his real majesty at that moment. Not the almighty judge, but a lamb slain. It's there that he addressed my sins, my failures. It's there that he emptied himself for me. It's there that he died in my place. It's there that he made me his forever. And we belong to him. And he to us, and nothing, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from him.
sometimes, sometimes you and I might want, like the scribe, to see some miracle, some powerful display of God. Maybe we'd like him to speak to us audibly or, or come to us in a dream or vision. Something more, something more tangible than what's here on Sunday morning. Don't get me wrong, being with all of us together in worship is an extraordinary moment. And yet, the liturgy, the scriptures, the orders, the sermon, if they're not preached by Pastor Tonetti, might seem rote and boring. They don't have the punch we want, huh? Maybe some of you are already drifting away to what's going on this afternoon, the to-do list, or maybe your minds are on something more serious or troubling. But like the scribe, sometimes we yearn for something more, something more. The scribe said, don't you think it's all right that we should see his glory the way you did? Is there something wrong with that? In some ways, no, said Simon, but actually, yes, yes. Because if we want his glory and his power, but we don't know the why behind it all, what have we got? If we don't know the why, then the rest of it means nothing. And it's that day on Calvary that I learned the why. I learned the why of his glory. He came for me. He came for you. Our brother Paul said it best, Peter went on. He, though he was in the form of God, did not count likeness of God something to be grasped but emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant and being found in human likeness, he humbled himself even to the point of death, even death on a cross. There are two mountains and both show his majesty. The one we celebrate today, the Mount of Transfiguration, where we see him in all of his glory, the judge of the universe. He's flanked by the two greats, Moses and Elijah. At the end of our Lenten journey, we'll see him on a different mountain, not in blazing light, but shrouded in darkness, not with raiment that dazzles, but naked and disfigured, not flanked by the two great prophets, but flanked by two thieves. But it's on that mountain that we see his glory. It's on that mountain that we're eyewitness of his majesty. It's on that mountain we learn that he's made us his own. You and I will hear Sunday after Sunday his word read and his word shared. And we'll eat with him a simple meal of, of bread and wine. 
in some ways, they don't compare with what I saw on that mountain that day. And yet they're him. He's really present with us now. He's present with us now to forgive, to speak a word of peace and forgiveness and a shalom to us day in and day out. He's here with us every day to tell us we belong to him and he belongs to us now and forever. It's here, right here, that you and I are eyewitnesses of his majesty. Amen.